Welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Allman, and joining me is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex, what's up, man? Not too much, Mike. And uh, today we're going to look at, well, you know how we feel about group hug and politics. Obviously, we yeah. love them. I, I feel it's, like we're pro. Yeah, we're, yeah. In in the game <laughs> of group hug and politics, uh, we're staunchly for group yeah. hug. So, uh, yeah. although other people... You know, there's a there's a lot of different opinions on the matter, and mm-hmm. uh, and it can get a bit divisive. But we have some uh, some threads I found on the uh, EDH subreddit recently. Yeah. There were a couple of them that's I thought were really interesting. I shared them with our Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about them a bit, but uh, Mike, which which of these threads are we starting with, and why are we talking about these? So, as you said, we're very pro group hug, politics, social aspects, all that good stuff. Yeah. So the idea of going into, you know, threads of, I mean, people hear us, you know, we have, we, we have the podcast, people listen, they listen to us and we repeat the same stuff a lot of the time because it's how we feel. So going into the reddits on things like how does one win with a group hug deck? And that's the first one we're actually going to start here. Um, the idea of getting that question from somebody else. And then really looking into what a lot of people think and us being able to kind of apply our own spin on it at the same time, it, I, 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 I'm excited about it. So um, we're actually going to read uh, this Reddit thread here. Um, mm-hmm. And again, the title itself is, How Does One Win With a Group Hug Deck? Uh, so with this, hi, EDHers. Uh, I've been looking at a Kneos and Tiro group hug deck for the last couple of days after getting a, a Zyrus that I thought would fit nicely in it. However, I'm not sure how I want my deck to win, especially that I'm looking for a $150 to $200 budget deck. I've seen Zyrus as a possible win con, but I feel like I need to push my deck too much in a wheel archetype for Zyrus to be a good payoff. I also looked at a few combo like Lab Man, Approach of the Second Sun, etc. But I'm wondering, is this the only way to win by combo? My budget deck lists look like they have no win con, whereas the expensive deck lists all seem to go for CEDH-like combos. Is there a middle ground for this? Also, how does one fix a four-color deck mana base easily? I feel like uh, the rest of it goes into, you know, hey, how do I also build the deck, right? Right. But the overall thought process of how does one win with a group hug deck, it seems like it goes really hard into no win con if we're playing budget or we're going cdh level and first of all alex we talk about this all the time group Mm -hmm. hug is powerful Uh, it's a powerful archetype we feel very much so do you think that it's often a theme where people think that it either has no win con which we both know or that it has to go group hugged? Is that a common theme that you've dealt with? Uh, now, are you talking about Kaneos and Tiro? You're talking about group hug decks. I'm talking about group hug in general. Right. Because we can so go Kaneos and Tiro. Group have right? to go group hug? What is that? Well, okay. So here's here's the question. And, I, and I'll rephrase. Okay. The question that they're posing is, 
I don't know how to make this group hug deck win. Mm-hmm. Anything I'm looked at, like Zyrus, if I'm going Zyrus, for it to be a possible win com, I have to go into a lot of wheels, it seems like. And I don't know if I necessarily want to do that. This is from, uh, by the way, uh, Leontin Poteen uh, is, is the one who posted this. Uh, but there, the, the question of like, well, it, it, I, all I see in the budget decks, there's not really a win con. And if I want to go for the more expensive stuff, it turns into combos. I feel like that is a kind of a I feel like that's a widely believed thing like that. To play a group hug deck, you're either not going to have win cons and then you're just the obnoxious player who sits at the table and just makes everybody do everything bigger or you're a combo deck. You know what I mean? I I feel like that is a widely believed thing that I don't necessarily agree with. I feel like the perception is just the former. Yeah. Largely, people erroneously believe that group hug decks... Uh, don't or can't have a win con to adhere to the archetype, which of course is complete nonsense. Mm. Um, all decks have have win cons because we're playing a game to to win the game, but mm-hmm. we're also playing to have fun. So right. I have a Kneos and Tiro deck, but as my Kneos and Tiro deck, <laughs> and as do you, our decks are not the same deck, and and most mm. people who build Kneos and Tiro are going to be building. Uh, a wide variety of different decks, right? Because Kaneos and Tiro are a commander that doesn't necessarily lend itself to any one strategy other than group hug. Right. Right. They could do what I did, which is tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure which way you built yours. Uh, I built mine on a on a token and all, all good group hug stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of it is built off the idea of everybody's getting tokens as often as possible. Right, but I'm going to okay. turn those into. So we both stuff. built tokens, but I've seen it built yeah. a lot of different ways. I've seen oh, it for sure, with lands. I've seen it built group hug draw, big mana, uh, yeah, big mana, just uh, and and of course combo. But I think the easiest and simplest way to phrase the solution to the problem, mm-hmm. because again, there's nothing in the group hug charter that says you can't have a win con, and in fact, we heavily recommend you do have several win cons. Uh, the win cons that you should be including are those that are conducive to your specific deck, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you have a very special, unique deck, like I like to imagine my decks has, uh, your deck will approximate another archetype and you can steal that archetype's win con. For example, mm-hmm. my Kineos and Tira deck uses tokens. It's a group of token deck. I can steal the win cons for tokens, which mm-hmm. is overrun effects pump effects uh wiping the board except for tokens you know slow right. strong all that good stuff um if your deck is creature centric the answer's right there right because we know mm-hmm. the combat win cons they're mostly in green and this deck has green in it so you can pretty much run them all but that's not a, a catch-all solution right there's if you built a different kind of deck maybe you built a lands deck then you're going to need a different set of win cons and maybe you built such a phenomenally unique deck that it has no approximation for its archetype. Maybe it's just good stuff, stuff I have, stuff I found, have fun at the table. Okay, so I have a good stuff group hug deck that doesn't lend itself towards any particular strategy or synergy. How do I win? <laughs> well, it's still there, Mike. You got the right. alternate win cons. Those can let you win for some decks, for some alternate win cons, 
no matter what you have on the board. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a, a strategy that also extends itself into traditional win cons. Um, let's hear some comments from you before we look into the comments on this post. Yeah, so uh, here's here's my question. If you made Kneos and Tiro, right, mm-hmm. and you didn't build it as a group hug deck, you just it was your commander, but you didn't build a group hug deck, mm-hmm. what would your win con be? Because that's my point. Like, just because well, there's no it's, typical KNC deck. So there's right. no typical KNC Exactly. So, so, and that's the point. Like, if you built a group hug deck and you're saying, well, what's my group hug win con? Your group hug win con can sometimes just be the same thing it would be if you weren't running a lot of group hug pieces. Mm-hmm. You run a token deck. Your token deck, let's take Kaneos and Tiro out of the actual like commander spot. You are running a token deck. Your traditional win con with your token deck is tokens. You're doing things with combat. You're doing overrun effects. I'm sure you've got a helix pinnacle in there and the ability to tap all How of them. How did you know? Stuff like that. You, your, your win con is tokens. And it's a group hug token deck. I feel hmm. like group hug is this thing where we say group hug, and group hug means I'm going to give everybody everything. I'm going to give everybody a lot of resources and stuff like that. And I'm also going to do this. And... People think group hug, and it's like, that's all it does. No, it does a lot of resource giving while doing its own thing. And, you know, when I'm going through the comments here, a lot of them, I've seen a bunch of them that are like, you know, oh, well, you should use some of the alternate win cons, which, frankly, you can use those in any deck if you really want to. It doesn't have to specifically yes, go of into a group hug deck. But, yeah, they're fun in there because it's extra resources, which means you're more likely to be able to get those cards and do things with them. Totally fine. Um, there are a bunch that say, hey, make it a token deck. You know, Ant Queen, Coat of Arms, Scoot Swarm, Scoot Mob, stuff like that. So, okay, great. So we're leaning into that. And then there are enough comments in here that I read, and they're like, if you're building a group hug deck, you don't build it with win cons because <laughs> you're not going to win because you don't build a group hug deck to win. And then I get mad because like, that's your, the exact opposite issue that we're dealing with. Does your group hug decks, uh, do they often win? Because mine win a lot. I, I would say my group hug decks, I think one of them is my best overall deck. Right. Like as far as competitive, you know, a, a high power, whatever you want to call it. I think my best deck is a group hug deck. So we would agree that there's nothing intrinsic to group hug decks that makes them less able to win. No, but at the same time, like, I don't know. It, it's my it's my best deck. That doesn't necessarily mean that I would run it if I was playing CDH, right? Because it's it, it almost feels like. Group hug is one of those things where we're giving resources because we're able to take advantage of them, right? Mm -hmm. CDH is built on the amount of efficiency and how fast it goes and everything along those lines to get their certain combo pieces and everything like that. My group hug deck probably wouldn't work well with that because I don't want to enable that. But that's a different type of format almost to me. It really is. CDH CDH doesn't really have the group hug archetype because of the nature of the format, right? Yes, it's it's a lot more about winning as fast as possible, whereas our casual ADH format is a lot more, at least for you and me and for a lot of our listeners, it's really about enjoying ourselves and having a good time. I almost feel like I think a lot of the problem with group hug is the fact that there is CEDH and EDH in the world Mm -hmm. 
And that means that people are playing the same game at multiple different levels. And at, even in those two levels, then there is this look of, well, how does it fit? You and I aren't saying that group hug is the most powerful way to play the game by any means. But I think our biggest argument is it is by far the most fun for us and much more importantly, it can stand at the same level as all of the other archetypes without really breaking a sweat too much. I think that this is a, especially casual EDH, is a very diverse format. And I mean, of course, that's almost a bit of an understatement, right? We have mm-hmm. 25 plus thousand cards that are at our disposal, and we have uh, probably over a hundred different solid archetypes that we could define oh for sure the rex themes page um so i don't i don't think that the group hug is different from any other archetype and i think that that's that key truth the group hug mm. and a plus one plus one counter deck or a stack stack or an exactly deck or or a token stack or a copy that's deck. what i'm all saying of yeah. these are the same thing they're all just different archetypes and and you're right group hug is uh it can go toe to toe with all of them. Yeah, I, 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 I'm loving reading through some of these comments here, and I'm, I'm not well, going to call anybody out. But yeah, um, so there's a lot of things talking about the idea of you know giving lots of value and then casting things like uh, insurrection or disrupt decorum or something like that, where hey, we're going to give you the ability to cast everything from your hand, put all of your stuff out there, and then it's all going to fight but it's going to leave me alone or I'm going to take it all clone legion kind of st- you know what i mean stuff like that right big yeah. big hey everybody put things out there cool none of it's going to hurt me love that you know um i have almost gotten to the point where i feel like group hug mill they're not they're not like synonymous but they are two sides of the same coin to where it's it's actually kind of hard for me to avoid turning my group hug decks into mill decks, or at least, you know, have that as one of the potential win cons, you know? Um, And I've actually kind of enjoyed that overall because last two years or so, it feels like magic has really leaned into a lot more of the mill effects. It finally turned into an actual keyword, things like that. Um, So the amount of force fruition, wheels, folio fancies, Jace's archivist, well, that's a specific type of wheel, et cetera, stuff like that. Right. I like that as a concept because that does feel like a, hey, this is a group hug win con. But then you get into, again, uh, somebody brings up like Possibility Storm. Possibility Storm can be really effective, but you kind of have to build your deck with it in mind. Right. A lot of, oh, I'm going to have really, really low mana value uh, cards but I'm also going to have a whole lot of really, really big heavy hitters. So when I possibility storm, hopefully I'm turning this one mana creature into a nine mana creature, etc. Um, what are some other things that you're what you're seeing in here? It's interesting you say that that you find uh, group hug and mill to be two sides of the same coin because uh, I don't see things that way at all. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, not not even a little. Group mm-hmm. hug is uh, certainly has. An avenue through card draw, and I think that a lot of group hug decks include card draw. Mm-hmm. But to move from group hug card draw to group hug mill and to start including wheels, you've now added an entire archetype 
Right. Let, let, let me specify what I meant there. And, I, and that's me misspeaking. I'm more thinking on the what is Mills Wincon? It is milling people out to the point where when they draw a card, they're unable to do so. So they lose the game. Yes. But group hug and mill do that in two very different ways. Yes. In my, is, and, and that's what yeah, I was. Yeah, mill is that's primarily my, trying to skip hmm. the part where players get to see the cards and get right to the part where the cards are in the graveyard right. or in exile. Whereas yeah. if a group hug deck has a mill win con, it's probably getting there through group card draw. Right. And that was that was my ice. I misspoke because I mean, okay. I mean it as that form where it's right. I'm going to get you to a point where you're going to have to draw a card and it's not going to exist. That's the thing, though, right, is wheels. I don't feel that wheels are group hug at all. Now, there are certain wheels that sure allow players to choose whether or not they will wheel. But wheels are an offensive tool. Sure. Right? They disrupt people's hands. It's hand attack. You are basically able to forcibly mulligan someone's hand. So I think that right. even though group hug can have that card draw win con that has the same effect as a mill win con, mm-hmm. the way that you're getting there is so different that I don't even consider it part of the same archetype. I, I mean, it can be. If, if I windfall when I have the most cards and I'm going to help out two people at the same time, yeah, I'm, I'm disrupting hands, but I'm giving them much more than they had. But that's not the only time that you would do it. Sometimes you're, in fact, more times than not, you're exactly right. You're using it offensively. You're trying exactly. to do that. For even me, if you don't is, try, you're go, going to end up using it offensively just incidentally. Yeah, exactly. Somebody is going to be holding on to something that they really want in their exactly. hand. Uh, and that's, I like to, I, I, I do run some wheels in my group hugs, but more times than not, those wheels are in the like, Hey, is everybody okay with me wheeling here? Right. And, you know, if somebody says no, I usually say, okay, why? (laughs) And try and bring that social aspect back to it. Because it's a, hey, if the reason that you don't want me to mill or you don't want me to wheel is because you're going to do something that's going to win you the game, well, then I kind of have to do it. Right. Or if it's going to be something that you're going to use against me, disrupt something, whatever it is. Okay. But that's the benefit of, and we'll get to it a little bit later, the social aspect, asking and figuring that things, uh, those things out. Um, I do love the fact that some cards that I never see used in most other decks usually find their way <laughs> into the group hug win cons. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Vicious Shadows being played unless it usually is like, a, oh, no, I'm going to make a lot of tokens. I'm going to give people a lot of things and then bad things are going to happen. Uh, Vicious vicious Shadows, six and a red for an enchantment. Whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play, you may have Vicious Shadows deal damage to target player equal to the number of cards in that player's hand. So creatures are always dying and there's Mm -hmm. plenty of effects where you're going to hurt people based on creatures dying. But rarely is it something where it's like, oh, I'm going to pay seven mana enchantment that's going to punish you for the cards that you've got in your hand when something dies. Unless you're going to make sure that they have lots of stuff in their hands. Exactly. And and I, I kind of dig that as an as a uh, overall, hey, no, use this thing if you're not using it already. Yeah, absolutely. Vicious Shadows is uh, one of my all-times. I love that effect. Mm-hmm. I love that it links something to something else entirely. And it's just supposed to be this incidental value, whereas with Group Hug, we are able to manufacture these situations that allow us to access spells and effects 
that would normally be punishing greedy opponents, but now we can just punish all of our opponents right. all the time. Man, this is uh, all right. Just, uh, again, I, I, I swear I'm not going to call anybody out, but I'm reading this verbatim because it actually makes me mad. One, you're playing group hug. Near end game or opportunity knocks, aggressively play for second place. Never try to win with group hugs. Two, <laughs> Find an infinite combo that can't be stopped and do it. If board state can't change, then ga- then game end and draw. This is my go-to. Game end and draw. No one wins. So, <laughs> so the overall idea is, okay, if you're going to play group hug, play Kingmaker or only make it to where it's a draw. Now, I will say the idea of making a group hug deck where the win con is draw I kind of like that as an as an idea. That is a cool mini game that you get to play. But yeah, but it's not exactly a cool mini game for everyone. It's not a cool mini game for everyone, and more importantly, the idea of oh, find an infinite loop that can't be stopped and then do it, so you can just do it forever, and then the game ends in a draw. What? No. <laughs> That's yeah, people have very curious ideas on what it means to play. A group hug deck and it's almost like that and this this may come across wrong it, it's almost mm-hmm. like their minds aren't aligned to that way of thinking it's not that it's wrong to want to play oftenly and win and do the best thing the correct thing to win all the time and only take steps that exclusively benefit you and never right. your teammates but when you play that way enough it kind of locks you into a certain pattern of thinking and and this is reinforced right by mm-hmm. the content that we see online most content creators will either not discuss or disavow any group hug effects they simply won't talk about them or they'll dismiss them out of hand and this really creates this uh very interesting thought pattern that people get locked into where if any effect could give value to your opponents Mm-hmm. That value is two or three times more negative than the equivalent effect to you would have been positive, right? It's like, yeah. if I get to draw four cards and everybody else gets to draw one, then really I only drew one card because that's plus four for me and then negative three EV. So then I only netted one. But when you think like that, that really limits your options. Right. And really limits your creativity and how to, to, create and play and determine a proper win con for a group hug deck. And I think that that very fundamental difference in thinking is part of that divide that we have here. This is something that you'll enjoy. Um, I, I played, I played magic with some friends literally yesterday mm-hmm. and I won by killing and recurring a veteran explorer eight times in the course of the first six turns. Now, how did that make you win? So I gave everybody as many lands as they could handle, right? And then I took advantage of having those lands. Did I win by being a group hug player in that particular case? No, I won by big mana that happened to exist because I gave everybody a bunch of land. Exactly. And that's the point. Group hugs win con is, hey, whatever you're going to do, do that. And just maybe look at these quote unquote, less good cards that are more efficient because of the downside of being better for more than one person. 
you know, you've, you've talked about it several times as far Absolutely. as it's, it's, a very important it's under-costed. It's yes. a, everything's under-costed. Uh, under under because R&D believes, as do many people, mm-hmm. that that value, as I just said for this hypothetical card draw spell, that every bit of value that you give to somebody else is deducted from the value of the spell that could be going towards you. And either that will result in you getting a larger bonus or the cost of the effect being reduced or both. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of group hug. We say it once, we'll say it a thousand times, Mike. Mana doublers for everybody at at three. Sorcery speed are three. Yeah, Yeah. if it's just you, it's five. Unless it's, I mean, I guess, dictative care metro, if you want to be really specific, you can do it at the end step right before you. But even that's five. Yeah, it's still five. So it's it's one of those things like Zendikar Resurgent. Yes, it's really good to be able to draw Eight. cards, but we're talking about you know seven, five, like right. really high cost things. Or I'm going to make a heart bring a, a heartbeat of spring for three mana. Oh, well, I'm doing that on my turn, so I'm losing some of the value on it. Or I'm going to be able to cast all of my big stuff because I'm mm-hmm. making a group hug deck that's going to build. I. I really just want to hammer home what we've always done. A group hug deck does not have to win by hugging the table. It can. You can give everybody so much value that they run out of their library. It can because you can make a whole bunch of creatures for everybody and then dingus staff or something like that. Or you can just do the thing that you would normally do to win a game and just do it running everything a little bit lower to the ground as far as your building pieces because they're a better mana value. And then yeah, everything else that you want to do after it is much better. That's absolutely correct, right? And this shouldn't be a foreign concept to people. Mm-hmm. If we look at the archetypical control deck present in competitive formats, they're not typically controlling somebody to death they'll control somebody to lock them down yeah for long enough that they can find their win con and then use it right they're not like constricting your mana to death they're getting to the point where they can use their win con so having a strategy and a win con that are synergistic but aren't related to each other directly Mm -hmm. that's not a foreign concept and we should be okay with doing that mike yeah, does a stack stack win because it stacks people? It locks the game because it stacks it people. Locks but to the game because it win. Yeah, you need it does else. something else, yeah. and it's able to do that through the stacks piece. Like that, it's so it's. I'm so happy that you explained it that way because I literally just got done saying group hug doesn't win just because group hug. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't say it that exact way, and somebody asked me how a stack stacks wins. I would probably say it wins by locking out the game. But that's not how it wins. It wins by whatever the stacks deck does to win. Yeah, but it does that by locking out the game or comp. It, it does that by slowing everything down to where it can do the thing it's exactly. supposed to do. That's I'm really happy that you put it that way. So how does one win with a group hug, de- a group hug deck? The same way that you win with any other deck, just with group hug pieces. Exactly. Cool. And, uh... Let's look at some of the the cards they recommend, right? Because this, yeah, yeah. if we just talk about the advice, most of the bad advice, we're just going to get all <laughs> steamed up yeah. at, at these online people who don't care about us. So yeah. let's look at a couple different options. This first one that got recommended 
um, was, I would dare say, a classic right up until a scant three or four years ago, Mike. Insurrection. This mm-hmm. used to be highly recommended. It used to be in all sorts of decks. Yeah. It's five and triple red. That's eight mana for a sorcery. Untap all creatures, gain control of them until end of turn, and they gain haste until end of turn. Yep. Um, this is playing right into what we were saying, right? This is a big spell. Any deck can run it. It's not necessarily directly related to our group hug strat. However, we do have this synergy that we talked about earlier where we're uh, more likely to have opponents who have a larger bar presence because we're enabling it with our various group hug effects. So now that we've allowed them to cast more creatures, maybe mm. even we've given them creatures and tokens, now using Insurrection, we can reap what we sow. Yeah. Uh, and then at the exact same time, like just just before that or just after that, uh, I remember seeing Clone Legion, uh, yes. seven blue, blue. So instead of taking everybody's creatures, uh, you can, for each creature target player controls, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Great. Man, if I can scheming symmetry with somebody, let them get the coolest thing in their deck, play it on their turn, and then I can make a copy of it on my turn, as well as everything else they've done to this point, that sounds pretty fun. Or hey, coax them to hey, play hey. out their best stuff with yeah. braids or Victus, anything like yeah. somebody. Tempting worm. Out. Exact tempting worm. <laughs> we love it. Yeah, I, I like Clone Legion being the I'll have what they're having. Let's um, talk about a, an option that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that is effectively a mill win con, but it doesn't necessarily require you to have done any milling ahead of time, which mm-hmm. is not typically how a mill win con would work, right? A yeah. mill win con is usually churning that value over the course of the game to get to the point where you finally mill them out. But right. you can play that a lot more aggressively too, all in one big spell right at the end. For example, we talked about it, Force Fruition, for blue blue for an enchantment whenever an opponent plays a spell. That player draws seven cards. Uh, the quintessential mill and or group hug win con, right? Because they're getting so many cards that they simply either have to stop playing the game mm-hmm. or they're going to deck themselves in short order. Right. You go into that, you get you can get the uh you can get the folio of fancies as well, yes. which is yes. turned into a real big one for me um, lately as far as, hey, uh, uh, one in a blue for an artifact that says uh, players have no maximum hand size. So I really like that as another piece of it towards, hey, it's one of keep only, it all. Uh, it's this one <laughs> and Envelope Bogardon, I believe, are the only two cards that have I'm pretty sure all yeah. players have no max hand size. Right. Very powerful but, effect. But then you have the other benefits uh, of Folio Fancies where yes. XX and tap it, each player draws X cards. You also have the the actual win con of it, which is two and a blue, and you tap it, and players mill the amount of cards that they've got in their hand. Excellent you're, effect. You're giving them all of these cards. You're giving them all of these cards, and then it turns into, the, all right, now I'm going to try and win the game. Which I absolutely love as a piece because it is one of those benefit, 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 win. And those are great cards to put, especially into a group hug deck. Absolutely. I think it's worth mentioning uh, that we talk about group hug as though Mm -hmm. it's something that can only exist in in casual EDH, that... Mm -hmm. 
it has absolutely no place in any sort of competitive format. But interestingly enough, there was a group hug style deck mm-hmm. in competitive that did win in the same way that we're discussing this win cons right now. Okay. This deck, uh, I believe it was called the Owling Mine combo. The Owling Mine <laughs> deck. And it would use Howling Mine, which we all know okay. is an artifact yep. that each player will draw an additional card uh, on each of their turns, which great card. We love it. We use it in group hug decks all the time. That card's mm-hmm. been around since Alpha. It's probably the oldest group hug card in the game. Um, and then we have this other card, Ebony Owl Netsuke, which is from Savers of Kamigawa. It's a two-mana artifact generic. Uh, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if that player has seven or more cards in hand, Ebony Owl Netsuke deals four damage to that player. So hmm. normally this would not be reliable enough to kill somebody. Sure. But this deck, just like our group hug decks and our win cons, we're forcing that value upon them and then taking advantage of it with this kind of effect. Maybe we're not going to be using Ebony Owl Netsuke because that's a bit slow for our format, but it's Mm -hmm. the same concept. And this was a competitive deck, Mike. I mean, it checks out, you know, and maybe it has to run through a couple more hoops than some of the other types of win cons would be, but... It the upshot of it, it was that it was very difficult to defend against, right? Yeah, it, like, it's how do very, you destroy that? It's you would basically have to be blowing it up, but they of course would have multiple copies. But right. The problem is that running these multiple howling mods, multi multiple uh, ebony owls, is mm-hmm. that you can't get rid of your stuff fast enough. It's almost like a forced fruition situation. Right. So this this kind of stuff that we're talking about here, this is not like oh we've discovered this like this ground has been tread and we know that this stuff works even before i ever started playing commander this stuff was working in other formats in magic so Mm -hmm. that's just for reference when people say group hug decks can't win they were winning before group hug decks were even a thing i it yes absolutely it's i i don't understand the idea of (laughs) uh of group hug being bad but you know what I've I've got lots of practice. Let's so talk about a, a few more of these win yeah. cons here. Um, you know, we talked about Force Fruition, Possibility Storm. I mean, you get into all of the weird uh, win cons between uh, Approach of the Second Sun, Helix Pinnacle, Azor's yeah, win cons are absolutely viable here. Yeah. Especially, I mean, we talk about alternate win cons as though they are just this generic thing you can slot into any deck, but of course there mm-hmm. are so many of them that many of them are specifically alternate win cons for specific archetypes of deck. For example, you have that Helix Pinnacle, which is a win con for uh, either a big mana or a counter deck, mm-hmm. and you can churn that value out over the course of the game. Of course, it's very difficult to remove Helix Pinnacle. Mm-hmm. But we also have those... Uh, What's that cycle that's uh, Epic Struggle and uh, and the white one that you win when you have 50 life, the black one you win when you have 20 creatures in the graveyard? Right. Like these 
there's so many different alternate win cons that you can almost take your pick and be like, you know what? I think that I could manage to get 20 creatures out. I might not yeah. win because I won't get to my upkeep or before sure. they wipe the board. But if you're looking for an alternate win con, like, man, do I have to include Lab Man and Approach of the Second Sun? Which, mm-hmm. no offense, Mike, I'm sure you love that card very much. But which one? There's <laughs> Approach of the Second Sun. I like it, but like I, I don't seek it out. I've, I've got it. <laughs> but maybe you don't two have decks. to run those more generic ones. You can run these specific no. ones. Yeah, I um, I almost yeah. wonder. Do you do you think that alternate win cons find their way into group hug more because people are trying to win with group hug rather than use group hug to win how they normally would want to? I, I feel I'm, I'm almost in like the oh people put the alternate win cons into group hug just so they have a win con. And it's like, no, don't do it that way. Do make a regular deck <laughs> and then turn right. it into a group hug deck. And I guarantee you it'll be more fun and it won't be worse. That's true. It, that's that's where I'm at. That's right. that's been my suggestion to a lot of people as far as, you know, how do I build a group hug deck? Build a regular deck. Yeah. Then add group hug instead. Exactly. There are so many effects, countless effects that are completely on theme synergistic mm-hmm. with your deck they make your deck stronger but also their group hug cards you yeah. just have to find them i just you know what i am going to call this person out because they're right and i'm really upset they don't have any upvotes uh aspel said how do you for the question of how do i win how does one win with a group hug deck outvaluing the opponents that's it <laughs> no suggestions yeah. on cards so this is how you win you outvalue we don't Great. <laughs> typically uh, hear that phrase anymore, valuing out, right? Yeah. But this is this is something that happens in in games, right? We know about convoling out, where mm-hmm. you're going to go infinite with your mana, your life, creatures, whatever you're doing yeah. to go infinite, and then you're just crushing all resistance. But right. if you have enough synergy built into your deck, it's quite possible that you already have one or more finite combos that Mm -hmm. don't go infinite per se, but when combined with two, three, four, five pieces, the amount of value you start churning out is arbitrarily high. Mm -hmm. And you're not just eking out that little extra value with, uh, you know, you got an extra card on the card advantage or you got some extra mana from the mana doubler. We're talking about having so much synergy and being able to play so much of it because you have so much extra mana from those group hug effects costing less from you giving everyone more mana. Mm-hmm. Valuing out is a valid way to win as long as it can happen consistently. And I think that the only way to find that out is is with goldfishing, right? Because valuing out is very much a, a solitaire uh, kind of way to win. I want to I want to bring up one more card here uh, yeah. before we move to our second sub uh, second forum essentially on this. Um, one of the cards that was listed among a weird list, but I kind of dig it, was Mind's Dilation, right? Mm-hmm. Now Mind's Dilation, yeah, you can get into the oh, if I'm giving people extra resources, that means that they're casting spells more consistently. That means that Mind's Dilation is good because I'm going to be able to do that more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all that good stuff, right? Cool. Would you run Mind's Dilation in a deck? Wait, sorry, rephrasing. Which would you be, which would you do more often? Run Mind's Dilation in a deck where you have to hard cast it and you're not 
it, it's not necessarily your win con, but you're hard casting it and you're not trying to get as much efficiency on the value and group hug and everything else. Or, hey, I'm going to run Mind's Dilation in my group hug deck because I'm reliably going to get to seven mana pretty quickly because everybody's going to have a lot of mana in this game. And then I'm going to be able to benefit off of Mind's Dilation. Like, it's a seven mana enchantment when an opponent casts his or her first spell each turn. That player exiles the top card of their library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. That's a really powerful effect for seven mana that can whiff that I've made it as like the last cut of several of my non-group hug decks. But in my group hug decks, this is one that I really like to play because I'm going to give people a lot of stuff. So I'm getting the benefit of them getting a lot of stuff. I I don't know. I, I There was a question in there, but mm-hmm. I just got excited about mind silation. Yeah, the question kind of got eaten by mind yeah. but that's yeah. okay. Because uh, I'll opine on it. This yeah. card is, has definitely been maligned in recent years, right? Because it's, as you say, right. it's a seven mana do nothing card, right? What do we mean when we say do nothing? A do nothing card is a card that when you cast it, nothing happens. You have to wait for a trigger or maybe until the next player's turn, until the start of your turn, start of combat, start of the end step, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't happen right away. And the problem with these kind of cards is that if they get removed right away, your host because you didn't get any triggers you got no value mm-hmm. however that doesn't necessarily disqualify it from being a valid option now i personally don't like this card but i will say that mike has a point here that seven mana to a group hug deck is a lot less than seven mana to a lean mean low to the ground mm-hmm. machine, more competitive style deck right because not only are we able to get to seven mana faster, but spending seven mana doesn't hurt us as much. We have the mana doubling effects. We have the group ramp effects, the group draw effects. Everybody's deck, if our group of deck is built properly, everyone's deck is going to become more efficient and they're able to play their spells better. Their deck is able to work better. They're able to not get mana screwed. They're able to not end up top decking looking for their stuff we help people's decks work and i think that this is a very appropriate card for that kind of effect i just personally don't use it at all myself and that's totally fine it's 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 a card where outside of my group hug decks i don't really think much about it Mm -hmm. and it's not in every group hug deck that i have but it's a cool effect to get out there, and you you keyed on the, the the phrase that was the most important to me there. If you're running group hug and things are going, seven mana doesn't end your turn very very often, mm-hmm. unless we're talking like early in the game. I oh, great, I'm going to cast this seven mana spell, then I'm going to cast this five mana spell, then I'm going to cast this four mana spell. Yeah, on and turn, it's turn uh, seven. Yeah, on turn seven. <laughs> Don't ask the group hug player how much mana they have available because it's probably nope. well into the double digits. And and yes. And and frankly, if you're still having issues at that point as far as what am I going to do with my group hug deck to win, uh, put a psycho- psychosis crawler in it or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just do the thing your deck was going right. to do I if it that, wasn't group hug. <laughs> that's one of the problems with group hug decks, right, is that when you're used to that kind of horsepower, right, you're mm-hmm. used to having access to... A big mana, consistent card draw, 
all that good stuff. Lots of lands, lots of mana rocks, access to resources. Um, that makes you want to stuff your deck more at the top end, right? At one point, Hi. earlier in my Kinesis <laughs> and Tura deck's life, I'm pretty sure I had like upwards of 10 spells that were 6 CMC and higher. Oh, sure. Which I think a lot of people would agree is is too heavy in a deck that doesn't cheat things out. Right. Uh, that said, the reason why I was inclined to include all of those was because I consistently had mana that I wanted to spend mm-hmm. on multiple big, splashy spells that cost a bunch of mana and did a lot of stuff. Battlecruiser, you know how it is, Mike. Uh, of course I do. You're speaking to my language here. But just as importantly, you knowing that you were reliably going to be able to get that mana to be able to consistently pump out those spells, you're playing against other decks that are being much more, quote unquote, responsible, and they're exactly. not including nearly as many of those spells. So when you're bringing the Nitro to the game, they're not taking nearly as much right. advantage of Their it decks aren't can. ready, but your deck is. That's breaking yep. parity. Yep. That's how it works. How do you how do you win group hug? The same way you win everything else, but typically with the bigger. same way you win chaos and stacks, you break parity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love it. Um, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back to a second topic that we uh, that you found uh, because I I think somebody somebody who isn't a listener to the podcast more than likely uh, should because they're, they're they're speaking our language more than anything else. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. We're uh, digging into Reddit forums about EDH and things that we care about. And somebody somebody made my heart sing. Um, I, do you want to read this or do you want me to? Either I would way, love everybody, to read this. I love yeah. reading long blocks Perfect. of text. And, and that's, everybody brace because uh, uh, we're going to give them credit here and hope that that's okay. Uh, Jason Anderlich, um posted... Uh, about opinion the social aspect of commander is that's capitals with asterisks an important element of the game to master here here I throw it to alex yeah. yeah uh first and foremost just the headline is, was enough to make me immediately start reading it because this is a sentiment that i find is is paramount but a lot of people just ignore so let's see what jason has to say here Here's the summary at the beginning, the abstract. Too long didn't read. Players are more receptive to amicable behavior or tactics rather than an aggressive or whiny player. You may gain an unwanted reputation from such an attitude or play style, and you will negatively affect how other players perceive you. Uh, If that's all you needed to hear, then skip ahead a couple minutes because we're about to get into the weeds. In my opinion, there's three aspects to playing Commander well. Building a competent deck. The right ratios of ramp, removal, advantage, and synergy. This smooths out the ability to just play the game. That's a good point. Piloting the deck. This is the learning of the ins and outs of how your deck wants to operate, understanding the gameplay mechanics of your deck and how to use it to gain advantage and win. Also very important. And finally, social and table politics. Conversing with the table about threats, making deals and bargains with players, downplaying your threats, timing your plays to avoid as much aggro as possible, etc., etc. To you and me, Mike, this is uh, our this is our anthem, right? That's that's the thing that's most important to to you and I. The social yeah. aspect of Commander, I find a lot of players shy away from most, and to me, it is as important as deck building or piloting. Preach! Yeah, snaps for Jason. 
The way you present yourself can either garner you aggro or sympathy, and by no means is manipulation, but rather gentle persuasion. Mm -hmm. Players will be more receptive or amicable. This, all right, brief sidebar, this man loves slashes. So I'm I'm not going to be saying the word (laughs) slash, but rest assured, the number of forward slashes in this post is probably about 25% of all characters. It's up there. That's fair. Players will be more receptive or amicable to a player willing to cut a deal and more hostile to a player who complains about being unjustly targeted or aggressively playing to win. And I think that's right in general, Mike, uh, right, is that people don't like someone who complains. And I think that's – I complain a lot more than I should, but I know it well. Nobody wants to hear anyone complain about anything. We'll, we'll, we'll get back into we'll that because I, I, I do want to touch that on that a bit more later. <clears throat> they will also be sympathetic to a player who looks to be falling behind or off curve and will usually avoid damaging or targeting a player that uh, to give them a chance to get into the game. Just being nice. But playing better in the social element of, of the game requires more nuance and tact. Using it sparingly is usually better than complaining every time someone targets your board rather than an opponent's threat. This is usually perceived as you being salty, in which case players will be less likely to engage with you positively. It's lessons for life. For example, one guy at the card shop is known for being a whiner. He builds aggressive decks like Animar Good Stuff and whines when the game doesn't go his way. Now when he sits at the table, players' defenses go up and are less amicable with him from the start. Mm -hmm. It's basically like he's starting from behind. He has tarnished his reputation at the shop. In this case, this particular player needs to adjust his attitude so players are more receptive to his tactics and view him in a better light while playing. And then he has a brief outro. Uh, Mike, I think to you and me, these are basic fundamental tenets of what it means to play politics. However, it was distilled quite eloquently, and I think I can speak for both of us when I say that Jason Anderlecht's post here is completely right on the money. What say you? Yep. 100%. Yeah. Um, so one of the big factors here, uh, we get lost in the deck building, new cards, synergies, uh, board threat assessment, things along those lines, mm-hmm. and forget the whole, hey, this is a multiplayer game which means you are dealing with other human beings, which means you have to interact with those human beings, at least in a limited sense. At the very least, you have to let them know that you're going to your next phase. You have to let them know what's going on. And the way that you communicate every aspect of what you're doing is going to be something that they are going to receive, and then they are going to make opinions, make judgments, make whatever they have to, both off the game and you as a player Exactly. in doing so. So, it is not as simple as, if you're a polite and good person, you're going to win. But... Can't hurt. Am I more likely to attack the person that I think is being a jerk (laughs) if if all things are equal? Absolutely, because this is my one way of getting back at them because I don't feel like I'm a jerk, but I know I'm not going to be a jerk. I will absolutely poke somebody who then gets really mad. Why are you attacking me? I don't know. Why are you talking so much? Why are you being so angry? You know, that's why. Like, the idea of... uh, 
building your deck, the amount of people that have built the most toxic deck that I can think of, the ones that are pretty cool about it, the ones that are letting people know ahead of time, the friendly people. The ones who aren't acting like this isn't a toxic deck. Right. But like, I'm saying even like, if, if you're playing with a toxic deck, mm-hmm. you know, and let's, what's a good one? Um, let's, okay, someone's playing Nekusar, okay? Toxic. Which can be toxic, right? It's built to be toxic. The things that synergize with it best are scary. Somebody tells me that it's not that toxic. They didn't put in all the other, like all of the scary yeah, stuff. Yeah, you and every like other Nekusar player. Yeah, you and every other one. But... If you are being chill, we're having fun at the table, I'm much more inclined to believe you than the one who's salty about the fact that they got hit first last game. Exactly. You know? And that's what it comes down to. At the very least, even if you are just being cool, you know, quote unquote, if you're just being cool about stuff, you're going to draw a lot less ire, I think. As a competitive, as, as, as as a competitive advantage... It is in your best interest to not be a jerk. It's true. That's very true, right? I think that the way I've described it before is that politics is is kind of a meta game that's being played while you're playing mm-hmm. the EDH game. And I think that one of the reasons why people feel strongly against it, right? They abhor the idea like, oh, well, politics is manipulation or i don't like to Mm -hmm. do it or it shouldn't happen um these people i'm not going to make judgment about who they are or their lives but since politics matches up so closely to interpersonal communication and just in general getting Mm -hmm. along with people at large uh, those two map together so well that it makes me feel like that People who would write off politics maybe have a larger issue with their interpersonal communication and their attitude in general, even outside of the game. And again, this is not a dig at people like, you don't like politics, I'm calling you a social parasite. Not the case. (laughs) Not the case. (laughs) Sure. I'm simply trying to say that if you don't like politics and you don't know why, or you try not to play politics, play politics but you end up finding that you're losing at politics well that's the reason why right because first and foremost mike and i say it all the time we like to win but we love to play yep everybody at the table at least in casual commander is trying to have a good time hopefully everyone's goal is for also for everyone else to have a good time but to encourage that and to facilitate that process happening Winning needs to take a backseat mentally. Obviously, you're still playing to win Mm. the game. And I'm not saying you should throw the game to make people like you. What I'm saying is that if winning is the first thing in your mind, your actions and attitude will probably reflect that and in a negative way. So a couple things there. Uh, Specifically to what you're saying, like if if you're trying, if that's your goal, if, if you're doing this to win. If your enjoyment comes from the winning, mm-hmm. and that's it, problem. 
on average, you're going to be upset about 75% of the time. <laughs> yeah, three out of every four games, you're going to be hating your life. Yeah, which... and you can do a couple things to, you know, manipulate the percentages a little bit, but you're not going to you're not going to put that to 75% of the time I win not and everybody's going to have a good time. If you're a sore loser, that means you're a yeah. sore loser 75% of the time. It means you have a bad attitude 75% of the time. It, you, it's probably mm. 100% of the time because yeah. I imagine if you're a sore loser, Finally, you're probably also I a sore winner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing here, you said uh, you, you, you got into the phrasing that I like. Um, and it took me a long time to figure this out. Manipulating people. Manipulating, manipulation is a really, really, really bad context word. But yes. it's a lot like consequences. Consequences is a word that everybody has a negative connotation to. But it can be a good thing, right? You can have good consequences. If I tell you, if I'm casting scheming symmetry, okay? Let's yeah. turn this into magic effects. So, one black, uh, so a black for a sorcery that says you and target opponent both tutor a card to the top of your library, right? Yep. If I cast scheming symmetry and I talk to you and I say, Alex, I want to choose you as a target. Nice. So you and I will both tutor something, uh, uh, tutor something here. Now, but if I tutor something and I pick you to tutor something as well, I'm not going to ask you to reveal the card to me or anything like that. Just make it something that doesn't like absolutely hose me over. Okay. Like make it something that's not going to like really ruin me because I'm picking you as my target. Okay. No problemo. I just manipulated you. Yeah. But I helped you and we made an agreement. Manipulating is all I'm trying to do is I am trying to get you to agree with my version of thinking. And if my version of thinking is positive, that can be good for both of us. So the idea of, oh, I hate politics. Well, if you're not lying to people, if you're being friendly to people, and you're doing things that make the game more enjoyable for more people, politics is a good thing. Talking and communicating about that is a good thing. The study of actual political science and going into that isn't the how do you talk to or how do you how do you manipulate people better? Yeah. It's how do you read people? Mike is absolutely right here because I think that people can be afraid of that word because right manipulation is one of those words with baggage on it, its consequences, exactly mm -hmm. like you said. Um, but the really harmful part about manipulation is number one, doing it not in the context of a fun casual game right 100%. even if you even if you were the most evil just twist people to your will mm -hmm. kind of player if it's within the context of the game that's infinity times better than doing that to people in real life so <laughs> yes. let's just get that 100%. out of the way first yep uh second of all i think there's a key difference here between coaxing manipulating and the word that people uh are actually thinking of, which is conniving. That was actually one of yes. our keywords in New yeah. Capita, right? Which is this manipulation, but more with this, you call it an ulterior motive with the desire to, to twist someone to your will to encourage participation in something that is not to their interest. Things that 
aren't something that that person would agree to if you explained it to them in, in plain language. Right. And I think that that loops back to this thing that Mike said uh, a couple of minutes ago, which was that you're always interacting with players, even if you're just talking about the phases you're pushing to, talking about the spells you're casting, uh, saying what you target out loud, all of that kind of stuff. And I've said it before, and we'll say it again here. It's both helpful, important, and will endear you to your opponents if you are clear and say out loud what you're doing, mm -hmm. as well as pointing out your own threats, right? Don't try to play dumb, yes. right? Don't try to pretend like you're not trying to win the game. Don't try mm -hmm. to pretend like that big spell you cast isn't a big deal when it is. Because people know, right? And when when you would attempt to to mislead about something so blatant as, like, oh, well, this isn't in service of winning. I'm just doing this for this deal. They're like, okay, what are you actually getting out of this? I don't trust you very right. much. Yeah. So being forward, being open, saying what you're going to do, saying what you mean, and just being honest during the playing of the game you can be honest and still manipulate people mike i think is what we're right. all trying to say here i you can and 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 two different sides so in the same game that i played yesterday two different sides of that one of them it was somebody else's turn they had a potential threat to me on board in the form of a very large commander that was going to swing and hurt somebody. Of course. And I have a rattlesnake on board. I have a, I believe, it, I think it's attrition. It's an enchantment that says pay a black, sacrifice a creature, destroy target non-black creature. There you go. And I have that. So during his turn, I just say, hey, when you're going to your combat phase, please let me know before you go into your combat phase. And he says, okay. And then he goes through his turn. He does everything. He does his combat phase. Or he said, I'm about to go into combat. And I say, okay, great. Where are you going to swing your commander this turn? And he said, well, I'm not really sure. And I'm like, you know what? Don't swing it at me. I have a threat. I, I have a way to get rid of it on board. Just don't swing it at me. Yeah. Keep it around. I, I I want it to stick around. I want this to progress the game. Don't swing it at me. And he said, okay, cool. And because we talked about it, I said, hey, let me know when you're doing this. We had a conversation about it real quick. I was probably going to be his target based on the board state. Maybe I was. Maybe I wasn't. But I would have attacked me. Yeah. And forced the issue. But because I had that conversation with him, we talked about it. Cool. Didn't hit me. Exact opposite issue. Same player has a onboard destroy target enchantment uh, card. I don't remember what it was, but the player to his right, so the player previous in turn order, has Revel and Riches out with 12 treasures. About to win the game. And he, and he, yeah, it's enough to win the game. And he, on his turn, looked at me and said, Hey, don't attack me. Uh huh. Or don't target me on this turn, and I'll blow up that Revel and Riches. And my response was, if you're not going to blow up the Revel and Riches, if I do, <laughs> then we're all going to lose and they're going to win. And I think that's funny. 
because now you're trying to make a deal with me when exactly. you would make this deal anyway. Right. And he said, that's a fair point. And then we proceeded when you, after some laughs. When you offer a deal, that's an excellent point, Mike. You can't just offer something that is already a given on the table, right? Yeah, you yeah. can. But it's it's going to make you, you look like a fool. For it. <laughs> yeah, it's like listen, and, and, they're about to win, and I know that yeah. you don't want that to happen. So why are you roping me into this? Right. And here's the thing: to their credit, they're like, I don't know. Let's try to get something else out of it. Okay, cool. You know what? You even saying that, just like ah, I'm just trying to get something else out of it. You know what? I'm more inclined to help you now. Because you told me that that was what your goal was. I was just hoping to get something more out of it. Rather than make an argument or do a whole bunch of stuff or fold their arms and, you know, well, fine, then I'm going to let them. Whatever. Because they weren't a jerk, even in doing something kind of silly. Yeah. I had a much more like I had a much more fun interaction with them in something that could have been negative because of the way they presented themselves, because the fact that they brought it up, because of the fact Politics is not about just making deals. It's not about bargains. It's about rapport. It's about rapport. It's about friend. It's about being friends at the table. Mm -hmm. If you're at a local game shop and you're never talked with the people before, or it's the same group that you've been sitting down at the table and playing with for a decade, if you are able to communicate with them and have the social aspect be just as strong, if not stronger, than the other aspects of the game, it is going to be much more enjoyable for you, for them, and to keep coming back. There are so many decks. I've, I've won pre-con uh, with a pre-con against tune decks before. And that's because I was sitting at the table. I'm having fun with everybody. I'm talking with them. Mm -hmm. And when big threats come down and I say, well, you can target me. <laughs> if you really want to, I guess because I'm being friendly about it, I'm not coercing anybody. Right. I'm not conniving. I'm communicating. Right. You're being and open man, and honest and forthcoming about the yeah. nature of yeah. the board. Uh, people are acting in kind. They see your behavior and they replicate it in a positive way. And if you were acting in, in the other way, being, uh, you know, pissy and, Mm -hmm. being a jerk and trying to wave off your own threats and obscuring rattlesnakes that you have and just in general being a right. poor opponent, a poor player, then people are going to, to act in kind of that way too, right? It it feels kind of trite to say, be the change you want to see in the world, but be the change no. you want to see in your commander game because... No, be... Okay, Here's the, how about not be the change you want to? Yeah, be the player be the you want to play with. Play against exactly. Yeah, like what is the okay? Um, there is a white enchantment, two and a white, that says sacrifice a creature, prevent all damage that would be dealt by a source to another source. I don't it's remember what it is. Cause I believe. Okay, it was, it was like martyr's cause, martyr's blessing, something like that, right? I but, read it. I, I, I run it too, and I've 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 got that out with two hundred and eighty three scoot swarms or something stupid, yeah. right? I'm playing against a friend who's playing a slivers deck, and they're about to do stuff, and I outright told them, "Hey, if you're going to attack me or you're going to do anything to me, you have to blow this thing up first. And they have the ability on board, right? They've got the sliver that says, "Pay this much, sacrifice a sliver, destroy target permanent." Um, 
And I'm sitting there and I told them. Yes. Hey, if you're going to attack me, you have to destroy this thing first. Otherwise, I'm going to be able to stop it. I could have hit it. I could have not said anything. No. I could have let the sequencing go. I could have been able to remove. But the amount of goodwill that I buy by not being a jerk, by helping my friends at the table see the entire scope, even if it hurts me, the amount of goodwill that that builds, I'm likely not going to be the target of ire at the very least. Exactly. We've been, And then it's just about the cards. Dancing around it. Uh, but yeah, you really were putting a fine point on it here, right? That this game is so complex and especially yes. any individual game that you have to be playing at any pod, just get a few turns in. Uh, there might now be 50 permanents on the board. There might be multiple effects on the stack. There might mm -hmm. be any number of things that could impact how your next play is going to go. Uh, who's an advantage? Yes, who's individual who. stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's very difficult for even if you are paying attention, which you should be. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to keep track of every single individual thing and keep it all in mind at all times. Being forthcoming about rattlesnakes and threats, mm -hmm. like Mike said, it endears you, right? People appreciate that forthcomingness, that honesty. About like, wow, I appreciate you letting me know that the thing's on the board because you want people to be playing the game in a way that they would be playing it if they had that cognizance, if they had right. that foreknowledge of all the pieces are on the you, board. You don't want to trick them. Yeah. Are you going to feel really good about – Like, haha, you didn't see this piece I have. You didn't see this yeah. thing, so now I get but to kill you'd you. would be surprised. Like, There's no, so many lost. players who play that way. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the enjoyment – I would – Okay. I would not have enjoyed him having the ability to remove me from the game, but him not seeing it and then him missing on that opportunity and then me beating him. If I recognize it, I know, right? That doesn't make me feel good about winning the game. Yeah. And it's I'm not sitting here like, oh, yeah, I should show everybody how smart I am. It's not that either. It's. We're playing all of these cards. We're doing all these things. We're building these decks to try and get certain effects, whether, oh, I want to make the biggest Voltron. What? It doesn't matter. You're building all of these things, and then you're playing with people who are building their own individual decks, their own individual themes. And the way that you win is by enjoying the experience of doing those things, not by just strictly winning the game. So... I think I think for uh, for me, and I'm hoping again. I apologize for speaking for us. Almost treat it like everybody can build different decks. Everybody can build different themes. Everybody can do all these other things. Budget all of everybody has so many different synergies and effects, and the ability to pilot a deck. And there are so many different things that everybody has that are going to be variables and how good and effective they'll be able to play at the game, except for one, which everybody has. And it's the ability to just talk to people to just, Hey, I want to just have a good time and just being effective at communicating what you want to do, that you want to enjoy the game, that you want to have fun with everybody. That is the, that is the eighth card that you get. And is in your hand at all times because exactly. you can play it whenever you want. It's 
so much more important to cultivate that sense of fun and social togetherness at the table. It's so much more important than winning that winning is just something that should dictate how you build your deck and the the direction you're moving towards. But it shouldn't dictate your attitude is our point, right? Your attitude should be, first and foremost, how can we enjoy ourselves at this table? How can we have a good game where everyone is having a good time together? Yes, only one of us is going to win unless it's a tie or we all lose somehow. Sure, sure. But (laughs) even though we're technically working towards that, our actual goal is for a fun time. Uh, We've definitely beat that dead horse enough for now, I think. So why don't we read some of these comments? Yeah, absolutely. So again, a lot of people, you know, it's kind of interesting. Everybody is going into the idea of like, you know, I agree with you. A couple of snide, sarcastic, but like in, well, no, a bunch of sarcastic comments, but in like, uh, yeah, we're on the same page kind of way. Ha kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, like the fact that my my favorite part about this is like, hey, for the social aspect and and communicating with people, somebody tagging is like, but it should also impact your it should also impact your deck building. Like, hey, the ability to communicate with people should impact what you're making. Yes. Right. And it's like 100 percent. So somebody said uh, this. So many of of these. My playgroup doesn't like my deck, but my commander isn't even in the top 20 saltiest on EDH rec. Posts are just the simple failures to understand that you need to build decks for your playgroup. You can't build decks. You can't build decks in a vacuum and expect people to just be okay with them because it's something that you've brought to the table. You respect other people's time by not playing way above their power level it's better for your play group in the long run than getting some salty wins i love that it's re- it, a- sometimes the communication and the social aspect is hey i understand my play group so i'm going to build something exactly. within theme of the play group here's an excellent comment from uh, our, our geist uh, basically if any player comes up to a casual commander game with a different attitude than playing a board game with friends then there's a chance it'll be a bad game night. That's absolutely mm-hmm. the case, right? You should be coming in with the same attitude you're coming in to play Settlers of Catan. Uh, any other board game that you would play with friends, obviously everyone's trying to win. But more important than that, everyone's trying to maintain friendships and have a good time. And if you're coming at EDH with a significantly different opposite attitude from that, mm-hmm. there's going to be problems. I, I love this comment uh, uh, from somebody who said, when I hear about people having problems with certain card, making them saltier, etc., that doesn't align with my experiences with similar cards. And I sometimes wonder if the reason, if this is the reason for the discrepancy. Remembering to be fun to play with has its benefits, I suppose. Now, I know this sounds silly, but the idea of like, oh, yeah. I do need to remember that like being fun to play with is going to make it more fun and it is going to make the things that I do have a different kind of light to them. Even it like I forget that sometimes and I do this podcast with you. <laughs> it's like, hey, I have an onboard lock just about every turn. That's not exactly very fun. Yeah. I need to be fun to play with and I either need to do this and win now or I need to just like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to do this. And that's not the best thing for me as far as winning the game. Just ignoring that I have that on board. But I'd rather do that than the alternative and just be not fun. Here's an excellent comment about 
rapport uh, mm-hmm. from OK Leading 2922, you'd be surprised how many hours I've sat and played with people who never even introduce themselves after I give my name and say hello. If I don't outright ask for names, I just end up pointing at people. That's very important. I think that uh, just establishing that baseline of communication. Hi, I'm Alex. What's your name? Do you come to this uh, local game store often? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen you before. Or, hey, I remember you from last week. You want to play together? Just knowing people's names, asking people's names if you don't know them is such a minor thing. But it means so much, right? You're able to call people by their name instead of just pointing, snapping, and saying, hey, you. Just that tiny thing is enough to establish a lot more uh, rapport and camaraderie and, and good feelings at the table than if you don't do it. And it's so easy and quick, Mike. Yeah. I I, I got one more here. Um, just uh, so comment. Um, this is such an important yet underrated aspect of the game. Let's be honest. Magic the Gathering can, at least online, disproportionately attract people who don't have the necessary best social skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's changing, but it's still a real thing. It makes sense because the mechanics, game theory, and deep fantasy of the game uh, is attractive for a number of reasons. But politics and social skills are very important in Commander. I've played with people who feel they have built an optimal deck, but get extremely tilted when they don't win. They spend the time running the numbers and agonizing over the strategy but forgetting about the social aspect. And when you repetitively complain and get vindictive in EDH, your chances of losing increase. It's a unique phenomenon, almost as if the more analytical minds of us have a contempt for the social strategy of the game, if that's not our focus. Hoping that continues to trend in the opposite direction for EDH and conversations like this help normalize how important the social aspect is, both in strategy and in, you know, actually having a fun night with friends. I love that. That's, that's well a put. great yeah. that's a great little snapshot of hey, this is the most important aspect. Maybe I'm not going to win any games if I make an absolutely junky deck and my deck building skills aren't aren't to par and I'm not piloting my deck the way that it should be if somebody else was piloting it. But if I can be a fun participant in the game and i can have a good attitude about being in that game i'm gonna have more fun than if i decided to be salty about it and other people are gonna have more fun with me than if i decided to be salty about it absolutely i love that i have uh one last point that i think perfect definitely bears uh bears saying here yeah all of the points that we're talking about with uh being a good player at the table uh, being nice to people, uh, playing to enjoy yourself and to help other people enjoy themselves, everyone having a good time, being forthcoming about your deck and what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. Everything that we've said so far in this section of the episode, all of this holds true regardless of your deck's strategy, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a single group hug or political card in your right. entire deck, but everything that we've said about being nice, kind, open, having integrity and honesty, all of that still holds true, Mike. Hey, Alex, if somebody wanted to ask you how they can be a more welcome and friendly player or 
Uh, also, on the other hand, wanted to ask you how uh, Winter Orb works for their stacks deck that they've made. Uh, how how would they contact you, buddy? I wonder if those two things might be related. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oofa doofa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Labramedic. That's L-A-P-P-E-R-M-E-D-I-C. Uh, you can also catch me at my other project, which is the Commander Spellbook. We're a search engine for EDH combos. We have over 10,000 different EDH and singleton combos. We service all the different singleton formats, uh, Tiny Leaders, Oathbreaker, uh, all those different one-off formats. If it's singleton, you can use our website. And we have all of the brand new, new Kapina combos. Um, we're even starting to get spoilers for even newer sets now. And yeah. uh, rest assured, as soon as those are inputted into uh, Scryfall, we will start having combos about those. So if that sounds good to you, you like having combos in your deck. Maybe you're looking for a win con for your group hug deck, commanderspellbook.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, if you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and rate the podcast. If you want to buy any of the cards we talked about, which a lot less than normal, we, we, we more went into the aspects of the strategy of the game and the strategy of being a participant in the game rather than... Rooms. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. But... If we gave you any ideas for a deck that you wanted to build or any of the cards we did talk about, you want to pick those up, maybe some deck boxes, sleeves, etc. You can support us by going to bit.ly slash EDH underscore social. We'll put a link in the show notes. Also in the uh, show notes, we will put our Discord link there. You can go talk to us about, uh, ooh, can I see that? Cards that you think are way underplayed and they should be out more into the wild or ask our honorable judge Alex a question about magic and the way that the rules work, things along those lines. You can follow us on Twitter at EDH underscore social or email us at the social contract EDH at gmail.com. You'll be able to find all of our podcast episodes on YouTube very shortly here. Um, it, it, it's a lot of I'm really excited. <laughs> but we're getting there. We're getting there, friend. Um, in the meantime, be a, be the player. Be the player you want to see in the world. Be the player you want to play with in your group. Be the commander you want to commander the world. The commander, whatever. Be a good person. That's that's where we're at, and you're gonna have a lot more fun. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>